and we are live right awesome. now. Um, Welcome. Yeah, we'll let we'll let people roll in. Usually, they just kind of jump in in a you know flurry of people. So you know, it's interesting. In. I was thinking about so the video that we just uploaded today. So last week's conversation, we we're talking about New Year's resolutions. And you were throwing out a statistic that 92%, which is a pretty common statistic, that 92% of the people that set New Year's resolutions don't reach their goal. And so people ask me about my New Year's resolutions, and I don't ever set them. Because first of all, why would I want to be one of those statistics, Mm -hmm. right? Right off the bat, you're saying there's a 92% chance of failure if you start something at the beginning of the year. So I always like to start things late in the year. So even October, November, and December. Mike, any way, any way you can turn me down a little bit? I'm, I'm just uh, booming here. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, you know, if anyone's thinking about starting a New Year's resolution, maybe you want to start right now, go into the New Year with some momentum. That's the way I approached it. I said December resolution. Start December a, resolution. Start a month, and we talked about it. And you said, why not start now? And now you have a month over I'm, I'm, everybody. I'm a big believer in momentum. So... Is that better? Yeah, it's better. Volume? Yep, that's better. Thanks. All right. Cool. And um, yeah, it kind of works perfectly into into this week's conversation too. I, you asked me earlier what I wanted to talk about, and today I want to really concentrate on ego. I mean, we always talk about it, letting it whether it be a fuel for you or kind of be a an uh, obstruction, as it were. And just doing my research like I do before every topic, mm-hmm. you can't. There's no real like there are bad things about it, but there are so many good things about having an ego too. So I just wanted to start off with the plain definition of it. And it was ego is a person's sense of self-esteem or self-importance. That's that's the thing. Uh, So a lot of times there's confusion. So ego, my definition of ego, what I focus on is that is your definition of, of self, your sense of self. I, and we construct that and it's constructed through all sorts of things in our past, our belief systems, Our parents' belief systems that they pass on to us, our experiences in life, our insecurities, our fears, all those things feed into this construct of our sense of self. And then there's the other part of ego. When people think of ego, they think of arrogance, right? They think, oh, you know, that that guy's got a huge ego. Uh, You know, what's interesting, a lot of times that's a lot of bravado. That's just air cover for insecurities. Defense mechanisms. Right. So oh. there's there's really two separate things here. They're they're related, but two different definitions. Right. So I found out that the the word ego was created by F- Freud, Sigmund Freud. He he made it famous for a word for the conscious mind. It went so many different places after that. But originally, I thought it was a bad thing. You know, when I looked into it, I'm like, Fine, to have, an, have, to an, have an ego, have an ego is a bad well, thing. But if you, it gets such a bad rap. But you know, people confuse it with like uh, megalomanias or vanity. Mm-hmm. You know, what's the difference between those? I, uh, I don't know the technical definition. I mean, to be honest with you, uh, but we, I'm, between, not, like, I, I, I'm not a psychologist here. Right, right. So, so, so let's let's not get carried away. I, I I can tell you from my perspective that I, you know, again, ego is that sense of self, and I, there's no separating yourself from your ego. There's like n- not there's no such thing as eliminating your ego because that'd be eliminating your sense of self. I uh, there's negative belief systems that we have there's things that influence the way we think and the way we feel and the decisions that we make and sometimes those come from negative places and so there's getting your ego in check or understanding your ego or coming to terms with your ego 
really meaning understanding, you know, why you're making the decisions you're making or why you're thinking the way you think, you know, those self-imposed limitations that you have. Why do you have those? And one of the most helpful things for me is when I think something because when something rattles around in your brain, it seems believable, it seems logical. But sometimes when you take a pen and you write it on a piece of paper and you look at it, it looks totally different. You say, well, that's ridiculous. Like, why would I ever believe that in a million years? That, just, that doesn't even sound logical. So, you know, one thing is just analyzing when you think a certain way or you feel a certain way is going back and trying to look at that and understand why you feel that way. Because sometimes it's based on bullshit from your past from way back. You know, maybe it was something that your parents said to you when you were five years old, or maybe it was something that happened to you when you were a kid. All these things start to shape who we believe that we are. And I mean, we can say this, that this business we're in is driven by ego at a certain point. Um, do you see, have, could, could a person have a big ego, let's say in their business world where it helps them a little bit with their confidence and everything and have not so much of a big ego when they're like fitness goals and stuff. How would you separate that? I would just, well, first of all, I would just separate it and, and say that, you know, having confidence, yes, that's that's part of your sense of self, but true confidence, right? Not this overinflated sense of self, overinflated sense of self-importance, mm -hmm. more specifically, uh, or being better than other people or being smarter than other people. To me, being confident is believing in yourself, right? And it's being true to yourself. So it's really difficult to f ever feel truly confident when you're trying to project something to the outside world that isn't true, right? You're trying to project this persona that isn't really you. And so that's one of the things where I think ego really gets in the way is we want people to perceive us a certain way and it's not who we really are. And so that's one of the things is having to come to terms with who we really are and finding acceptance with who we really are. And that's when you can start really being happy because you hear all these stories about people who achieve all these things, right? So why do they pursue the, you know, the physical things, the, you know, the cars and the watches and the clothes and the big house and all these things? It's for the self-image. It's a self-image for the way that people will, will perceive them. And they think that's going to make them feel a certain way. And the crazy thing, it doesn't. It's like a self-importance thing. And it, it doesn't make you feel that way. And I've watched it over and over. And that's one of the interesting things about being successful in business is you start, you know, becoming friends with other people who are very successful. So you start to surround yourself with other successful people and you start to see it firsthand. Mm -hmm. And you realize that it's true what they say, that there's a lot of really successful people out there that aren't that happy. Right. So, you know, true happiness comes from knowing who you are and being true to yourself. And that's where you start to develop true confidence, being able to pursue the things that you really want to pursue. Like there was a, there was an artist recently talking about that pivotal point in his career when he just said, fuck it. Like, fuck it. I'm not going to try to appease anybody else anymore. I'm not going to let public opinion shape the things that I do. I'm going to do the things that I really want to do that, you know, they feel good to me. It's just like, you know, being able to, you know, put my own spin on it, my own touch on it. And I, th I think that's the magic is when you truly figure out who you are at the core, cut away all the bullshit, right? All the bravado, all the, all the show, right? The whole shtick and the, you know, this is who I am and this is, this is what I stand for. And these are my, no, just get down to who you really are. Mm -hmm. 
and start doing what you really like to do, there's magic that comes out of that. And that's, that's when you become a true individual. And I think that's where you really start to stand out is because you're doing something unique because it's you. It's got your own touch on it. You can do something similar to someone else, whether you're an architect or a painter, a musician, or whatever it is that you want to do, but it starts to have your signature on it, a very distinct signature because it's you. Right. And I think that's the cool thing, but that's where ego becomes an issue for people is most people are afraid of that. They're afraid to stand out. Why do people dress the same? Why do they start to like, you know, when it comes to fashion trends, you know, why is it that everyone starts to kind of dress the same and do things the same? Essentially, you're blending in. Mm-hmm. You're blending in with the masses, right? You want to fit in with a group. And maybe even if it's not the masses, maybe it's some sort of little click. You know, you got your hipsters and you got all these different, right, social cliques. And you want to fit in. Maybe you identify one of, with one of those. So you want to fit in with them. But I always really appreciate and respect when I meet someone who just does their own thing. But you got to be really confident in who you are to be able to pull that off. Otherwise, the first time someone looks at you funny or criticizes the way you dress, you're going to crumble and you're going to go back to blending in. Right. I think you walked perfectly into my quote of the day. The ultimate aim of ego is not to see something, but to be something. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what you're saying. It's You kind of just want to cut through all the bullshit. Yeah, just, just, be. just be, you know. Um, just, just be. I mean, look, that's a... You feel really, you almost feel like a prisoner when you feel like you have to act a certain way, be a certain way, think a certain way, just because that's what other people expect of you. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Yeah, for sure. That sucks. So, you know, just to truly figure out who you are and what you like and to be able to be that way, dress the way you want to dress, you know, be interested in things you want to be interested, you know, do it your way. That's cool. So here are some of the here's some of the signs I think of, of, of negative ego or big ego as you like to say. Um, cause I also have a couple positives, but you find yourself being very defensive. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing we can agree on. Um, you compare yourself to others, which you just talked about. I think so, that's a big part of it. So, so let's pause before we get through yep. too many of them. So number one, you find yourself defensive, defensive. So I, I had a big ego when I was younger and I was super defensive. And the funny part about it. The things that I was defensive about, deep down I knew they were true, but I still felt defensive about them. And so later on when I finally got to a point in my life where I was not only accepting of these things, but I started to actually seek them out. You start to look for better quality people in your life that care about you enough to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the definition of a real friend. Right. Someone who tells you what you don't want to hear, mm-hmm. right? We talk about in the past, we've talked about integrity. That's what integrity means to me. You know, there's the people that'll tell you what you want to hear because it's easier for them. Like, oh man, I don't want to get into this conflict. I don't want to tell him something he doesn't want to hear. So they're going to do what's easy and they're just going to like appease your ego. Hmm. So for me, I'm at a point now where I want to improve. I want to get better. I want to call myself out on my own bullshit. And that's what I always ask myself all the time. Like, what are those things in life where I'm bullshitting myself, Right. I'm telling myself this story that's not necessarily true. Right. You know, haven't you ever wanted to ask someone sometimes when you see them in a certain pattern, haven't you ever just wanted to ask him, like, do you actually see it? Always. Like, can you be honest with yourself? But the reality is most people either can't or don't want to see it. I agree completely. There's so many situations that are just like, dude, come on, be real, you know? Just be real. And so 
that's where I'm at in my life now is I'm just trying to be real with myself. Right. Right. Just be super, super honest. And there's something cool about it. It's so cool. And when you can have a conversation with a really good friend, someone that you know loves you, like they're not taking the, tr the truth and beating you over the head with it. Like the truth can hurt. It's right? not an I told you so kind of situation. It's like more... if, you, if you want to really like hurt somebody, all you have to do is tell them the truth, but do it in a hurtful way. <laughs> right. Right. And that stings. Right. But if you come from a place of caring, right, where you want to, the other person wants to, you know, to make a change right. and you tell them the truth, you kind of hold up the mirror to them because sometimes it's hard to see it in ourselves. And right. so sometimes we need other people to be able to help us with that. Like sometimes I'm always so blown away. Like when I hear someone, you did an interview with my friend, George, I grew up with him since, you know, I was 10 years old. Right. You did an interview where you guys were talking about me and it was so bizarre to me to hear him talking about me. Like not many people ever hear someone talk about them, you know, when they're not present. Right. And it was really bizarre, but it's bizarre because sometimes we have a really difficult time seeing ourselves for the way other people see us. Because again, we have this construct of who we think we are in our head. And who you think you are to them in right. their head. You know, you think, hey, I know this person probably thinks of me in this way. And I think some of that stuff that we said in the interview kind of shocked you. But some of it didn't shock you because it was just like, hey, he hit the nail on the head with this one. Well, I, I felt like he knew me. Exactly. He was dropping some truth. Some of it was kind of uncomfortable. But for the most part, you're kind yeah. of just like, yeah, this guy, this guy knows me. But I think that's almost like a not a rare situation because I think there's a few people that know you or know us, you know, like friends and stuff. But George seemed like he was dialed in, tuned in. He knows your personality. He knows your ego, the limits of it and everything. And he just kind of... Well, and he's, he's, like, he's seen the evolution. Right. There's not too many people, you know, and, and you have to treasure friends like that that have seen the journey, right, from beginning to end and have that perspective and can see your progression in life. Speed fit freak, he said. What's up, bud? He said, absolutely correct. Story time is over. Just quit the bullshit and go. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, that's that's when life gets really fun. And I find that those conversations that you have with people that are just real, that's what that's what I seek out now. I don't have time in my life anymore for superficial conversations. Like, I'm not good at small talk to begin with. <laughs> I mean, I could do it if I had to. Like, if I'm in a social situation or a business setting, you know, we can talk about the weather or the sports or whatever. But, you know, I'd rather have real conversations and, you know, just, like, get down into some, like, real shit. Right. Uh, and I always find that really fascinating. And uh, so those are the kind of, you know, friends that I seek out, the people that I like to surround myself with, people that can be real with me and people who can take it where I can be real with them because that's my personality. Like, I'm not the type of person that's going to bullshit you. If you ask me something, I'm going to tell you the truth and you might not like it. Right. So I found over time there's a lot of people who don't like being around me for that reason. You know, they think I'm an asshole and I'm like, all right, well, if you think hearing the truth is me being an asshole, well, then I'm an asshole. I almost, uh, I feel the same way. A lot of my friends have just been like, Dennis, dude, you're just an asshole. I'm like, I'm not an asshole. I just don't care to be, to sit around and talk about bullshit when it has no benefit to me. I know it's kind of like selfish and whatever, but who gives well, a shit? Well, I mean, look, we, we are, we're all a little bit selfish, right? We're talking right. about ego. I, uh, you know, we all live in our own world. And, and we all have a tendency to think that everybody else, if we're, you know, the sun, that everybody orbits around us, right? We're the center of our own universe. And to a degree, that's true. But I think that's one of the things, when you can reach this point, you realize that you're not the center of the universe, right? That there's other people in your lives and, and you start to realize that we're all equals, right? That's a big thing too, mm -hmm. is realizing that we're all equals, not having this concept that I'm either superior to you 
or inferior to you. Let's get on to number two then. You compare yourself to others. That's what we're talking about now. I mean, each one of these things, I feel I have, a, I have an ego. Mm-hmm. It's not completely out of control yet, but it's not completely at check. So when I did read all this, it did kind of like, well, I do get a little defensive. You know, I, yeah. I do compare myself to others. Not too much, but they're still like that. You know, you want to test yourself against the best. I never What's, compare myself to like somebody lower to me. It's always like so. So let's talk about you know uh, status symbols, right? So let's talk about cars. Everyone you know usually likes cars. So you pull up to a stoplight, and you're driving a Honda, and the guy next to you pulls up in a Ferrari. He looks over at you, and you look at him. Now your average person looks at him and feels a little twinge of insecurity, like. Somehow that this guy's better than me and he's not better than you, right. whatever. He's maybe more successful or maybe for all, you know, he's got rich parents or maybe it's a loner. Maybe he rented it for the day. You never know. Right? right. But at the end of the day, the guy's not better than you. And he can look over at you driving a Honda and say, I'm better than him. And I, and that, that bolsters his confidence, but that's not real confidence anyway. Right. Comparing yourself to someone else and saying, I'm better than him. No. You might be driving in a nicer car, and even in maybe in that guy's mind, that might not even be a nicer car because for all you know, that guy driving a Honda could be a billionaire because I've seen billionaires drive Hondas, and he could just like the car because he likes the car and it's practical, (laughs) it's good gas, whatever his reason is. Bill Gates drives a Toyota Camry, by the way. The the last car I bought, I went out and I bought you know a GMC truck. Yeah, that's right. I'm just kind of over it. You know, I've gotten to that Mm. point where I finally realized that. They don't do much for me. I still appreciate nice cars and I still have my classic cars, but that's because they mean something to me personally. I don't drive those cars for anybody else. Right, right. I'm not doing it to impress them. It's for myself because for me, it brings up, you know, memories of being a kid because I was always around, you know, old cars and working on cars. And that's what I love. So I do it for myself, but I don't do it for other people. So it comes down to your reason. And that's what I say about like Ferraris. There's nothing wrong with a Ferrari. Like, there's certain, you know, craftsmanship there. There's racing heritage, you know, associated with it. And if you really appreciate those things about that car and it means something to you personally, then cool. By all means, drive it all day long. If you want to drive it because it's fast, well, then you should. Go drive right. that thing. Right. But if you're driving it to impress other people and when you pull up to stoplights, you look around because you want to see who's looking, that's coming from insecurity. And that's coming from a negative place. And the, the funny thing is I had a conversation with my brother. He's on looking for a new car, and he wants like a BMW M4. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, you're, you're not at that status yet. And I'm just hating because, you know, whatever. But he just loves nice cars. And he tells me straight up, he's like, I don't care. I'm not doing this for anybody else. I like driving. So mm-hmm. I want to drive in something that's has that kind of performance and that kind of engine and all that mm-hmm. stuff. He doesn't give a shit. And as long as you're, and that's the thing. So that goes back to kind of doing a little bit of self-analysis, calling yourself out on your bullshit and being honest with yourself and saying, what's my real reason for doing this? Like, let me just be really, really honest. And that's the hard part is being honest with yourself. Right. You can bullshit everybody else, but it's pretty sad when you start bullshitting yourself. And somebody here is talking about speed freak. again mentions the guy with the Honda compared to the thing. You know, the guy, the Honda's, living you know no payments and the ferrari guys still catching up to his i'll I'll tell you what here's the reality (laughs) you know a lot of times especially you see this in south florida a lot because when i first moved here coming from california i thought that you know people out there put on a show man here in south florida it's a whole different level i mean people live in a cardboard box so they can drive a nice car it's all it's all about the show but uh you know what would you rather would you rather have some nice things, 
but not have your possessions own you and have feel like you have some freedom in your life or have a bunch of nice things for status, but feel like you're being choked that your possessions literally own you. You know, your payments on your car and your payments on this house that you can't afford. That's not happiness. No. I promise you that's not happiness. Yeah, for sure. Um, number three, you seek accept you see you seek acceptance to justify your needs ego. I think Wait, wait, is it say it again? It just went you, in one year and out the other. You seek you seek acceptance. Mm -hmm. just to justify your own ego. I think yeah. I might be guilty of this. I always come up to, hey, I came up with this great idea or, you know, hey, check this out, you know, whatever. Because I do, to, to someone like you that is, you know, a boss, a mentor to me, I do seek your acceptance in a lot of things. Sometimes I probably don't need to go, you know, that far in, into it, but, you know, sometimes it's there. I, I, I would say that you coming to me, not for acceptance, but coming to maybe spitball ideas and try to, you know, brainstorm and come up with cool different ideas or even to maybe try to figure out how to take your idea and maybe make little tweaks to make it better. I would say that that would be a better approach because going back to the confidence thing, it's not that I don't care what other people think. It's not like I'm walking around with this attitude like, oh, I don't give a shit what anyone thinks, but I kind of don't. I don't really care because, first of all, there's billions of people in the world, and why should I care what all of them think, right? What am I going to try to appease all people in the world? No. I care about what a few select people think, people that I respect, people that I love, and that's what I focus on. But even with the people that I love, when it comes to maybe a business decision, I'm not going to look for their acceptance or for them to say, hey, I think that's a good idea or a bad idea. That has to start within yourself and you have to feel like it's something that you want to pursue, that it's meaningful to you. You know, it's it's a dream, it's a goal, whatever it is, but it's too easy for people to inadvertently shit on your goals and your dreams and tell you, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. Sometimes we talked about it before, sometimes they think they're trying to protect you. They don't want you to see you fail or get hurt. So I never, ever look for people's acceptance. I, I, I look for that within myself. Right. And number four, you make it a point to showcase your brilliance. I think that's an ego thing too, and that's something I'm probably guilty of too. Um, I kind of know I'm a smart guy, but I always have to kind of outwardly like, hey, look at this fucking crazy idea I came up with or something like that, you know? So yeah. people people with the big egos, they just make it a point to, well, I notice it. Well, it's because, too. you know, and you have an idea in your head of, of who you are, but you are a smart guy, and you don't have to, to get people to try to take notice. Uh, you know, the people that you surround yourself with, the people that you care about and the people that care about you, they know that about you. Uh, so I would say that, one, you have to be selective, like I said, who you're looking for approval from. And, and not even approval, but the people that you surround yourself with. Because if I'm out there, like I said, driving my car and I'm worried about what someone thinks that pulls up next to me, someone that I don't know, hmm. I'm never going to know them. They don't know anything about why should I care what they think? And it's the same thing with social media, which that's as I've watched the evolution of social media. That's the trippy thing to me is why do people put so much importance on what other people think that they'll never, ever know, probably never, ever meet? You know, and that's that's people. It's really affecting them, whether they feel you know happy, whether they feel accepted. I'm like, you don't know these people. Hmm. You're 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 putting yourself out there to the whole world, to the whole world. So, will I post stuff on social media? Yeah, but I'm not looking for my sense of self in it. 
I think a lot of the the part of what you just said, you know, acceptance on social media. So I'm doing an experiment for December where I'm cutting off all besides work stuff. I'm cutting off all social media, and it's day four, and it's so liberating because I don't have to. First of all, you have to worry about what you want to post mm-hmm. to see what people want to see from you, and if they're going to give you the likes. I mean, it's, you're basically chasing likes and stuff. To me, it's almost like freeing. I don't I don't interact with it. I don't comment on people's stuff. Well, and you're not. A- like what's interesting about social media? So let's talk about Instagram specifically. You're trying to project something, right? You're trying to project this is who I am, this is the life I live, this is the way I think, these are the things that I do. You see it specifically in the fitness industry, right? Hey, I'm living the lifestyle. And again, you're putting that out there. That is your ego, right? You have this construct of who you think you are and you want other people to see it. You want other people to recognize it and you want them to like it. You want them to say, hey, I like who you are and I like what you do and I like what you think. So, you know, that's the danger of it right there is what you're putting out there already is that ego. But, you know, what's for me, it's funny because like I use Instagram as a creative director. I try to be funny in different different certain things, but I use Instagram as an alter ego almost you know and and that term is a popular term but it's my more creative artistic side in my in my real life i might not be as you know this fucking guy that well, but, you know, but you're also you're also semi-anonymous on on social media and so i think that is gives you a little bit of freedom where now you're not worried about people judging you personally right now you feel more free to express yourself and to be yourself. And that's my point is when you can reach that point where you can be yourself, but now do it publicly right. and just say, Hey, this is who I am. And this is what makes me unique. Like out of every, everything that you've ever done, the things that I like are the things that I think are representative of who you really are. And those are the things that I think are cool. So anytime you see that in somebody's work and you see like their signature on it, their stamp that you know that it came from them. It's a piece of them. That's magic. And I think that should be the pursuit for everybody. As, as saying alter ego, that's probably my real ego. You know, that's, that's probably your real ego that you're afraid to showcase to the world. Right, right. Um, now getting onto some of the, the, the positive things. I'm going to read a couple of the positives that can come from mm-hmm. having an ego. Um, confidence and competence. I think is built from some sort of a, an ego thing. What do you think about that? Well, again, so let's go back to ego. Ego is your sense of self. So we talk about confidence and people, people have asked me where, like, how do you build confidence? And to me, confidence comes from wins, right? Not beating somebody else, but having some successes. And sometimes it has to start with little successes. So we've talked about the gym. Right. It's hard to find sometimes that initial success, meaning reaching your goal. So now you break it down into smaller successes, like just making it into the gym is a success. Right. Mm -hmm. So all those little wins, those add up. And over time, you start to feel like you have some control over yourself. Right. Right. Because it's this battle of you versus you. So now you feel like, hey, I'm winning the battle starts to build your confidence. I so. I feel like, you know, yeah, your ego, your sense of self, I feel like you have to have some wins in order to start feeling confident. And, you know, of course, over time, people start to recognize that. They start to see, hey, this guy's he's starting to get somewhere with this. And they start to acknowledge that. And then when people start to acknowledge it, you can't go seek it. But when you do it, people will acknowledge it. Right. But when you seek it out without doing the work for it, you're trying to take the shortcut there. 
and it's not going to work. Right. So instead, just focus on doing you, <laughs> digging into it, being consistent with it, you know, pursuing the things that you want to pursue, and people will, they they will recognize that. Another thing that another kind of a positive from that can come from an ego is it says leadership requires decisions, mm-hmm. and I think some of those people have that confidence in their decision making. Sometimes you just need that guy to say, "Fuck it, I'm I'm going to take the take the wheel here, guys." So leadership to me, so whether it's in business or anywhere else, you've heard me say before. I always use the example of a group lost in the forest. So you've got ten people that are in the forest. They don't know which way to go. They don't know how to get out of there. So who are you going to follow? Are you going to be diplomatic about it and take a vote on who to follow? No, you're going to follow the guy who says, hey, I know where to go. Arnold and and Predator, this way. If you sense that confidence in him that he knows the right way to go or she, you're going to follow that person because you're not feeling confident which way to go. So you're going to follow the person with confidence. So confidence to me is what makes the world go round. It's what makes the financial world go round. What makes the value of a stock go up and up and down? If it was just based on certain events, predictors, well, then everybody would be able to predict the stock market. It's very unpredictable, right? Well, it's because it's based on people's confidence in something. Maybe something happens and that affects you know, people's confidence either positively or negatively. Right. It affects the real estate market. You know, when do people start buying houses again? When does it, you start to get that boom again, that craze when everyone all of a sudden says, hey, I want to start buying now. It's not just about interest rates. It's not just about prices. It's about confidence. People feeling like, hey, I'm feeling secure again. I'm feeling secure in our economy. Right. And they don't think about it that way, but all of a sudden they just feel it. So confidence makes the world go round. And so that would be, you know, like if I were to try to teach one thing to my kids, it would be to believe in yourself. And that to me is the importance of stripping away the bullshit with your ego because that's always going to chip away at your confidence because you're trying to be somebody that you're not, especially if you're trying to be someone, you know, perceived as, you know, super smart. It really limits you. Like I'll give you a great example. I, I read this cool story. It was a, actually it was a study about fifth grade students. So they took a bunch of fifth graders and they split them into two groups. So one group, they gave them a test and they said, you guys are so gifted, you're so smart, you're so intelligent, right? The other group, they gave them the exact same test. They let them take the test and then they praised them, rewarded them for their effort. Now, they gave both groups the option of taking two tests. One was obviously easier than the test they just took. And the other test was obviously harder than the test they just took. So the group that they praised and told them how smart they were and how intelligent they were, all sandbagged it, took the easier test. Why? Because they're basically told, hey, there's so much importance on me being intelligent. I don't want, I don't want to ruin the illusion here. You know, I don't want anyone to think that I'm not smart. Right. So let me take the safe route. Let me take the easier test. The group that was praised for working hard, that was rewarded for that, they went ahead and they took the the venture, right? They went off and they tried the harder test. Tried to double down. So that's the limitation of ego right there is they created that sense of self for these kids, right? Their ego limited them on what they were willing to try. And that's the real problem with fear and with insecurities. It really limits us and the things that we're willing to venture off and try because we're so afraid of failure. 
<laughs> so when you can set that aside, when you can set that fear of failure aside and just get real with yourself and say, look, it's okay to fail. I don't have to be the smartest person in the room all the time, but I know that I can be the guy who's going to go in there and I'm just going to be consistent and I'm going to work hard and I'm just going to keep doing it. And if I fall down, I'm going to pick myself up and I'm going to keep doing it and I'm going to learn from all my mistakes. And now I'm not afraid of mistakes anymore. Mistakes aren't a failure. Mistakes are a part of the success and the learning process. Right. Now that opens up all these possibilities of all these things that you can achieve versus this guy who lives in this little tiny box that he's created for himself because he's so afraid to fail. Like our boy Joe Rogan said, he doesn't even trust people that haven't failed just because they didn't try hard enough. <laughs> that means you haven't stretched yourself at all because right. failure is absolutely part of the process. I would say that I have failed just as much as I've succeeded, maybe even failed more than I've succeeded. It's just every time I've quote unquote failed, which a failure, again, the difference we've talked about, difference between a failure and obstacle is whether you quit or not. So I don't look at anything I've ever done as a true failure because I just kept going. It wasn't always on the timeline that I wanted, right. but I kept going. I never said, I'm never going to do that again. Because think about it this way. If every time something doesn't turn out the way that you want, you say, that hurt, I'm never going to do that again, the walls come in. Something else happens. That hurt, that you know, that disappointed me, whatever that negative feeling is, I'm never going to do that again. And the walls close in and pretty soon you live in this little box in the things that you will or won't do in your life. Right. Number three of some of the positives of having a big ego or my water. inflated ego. It says, and this is funny to me, a, a little delusion can be good. <laughs> I'm a little delusional. Can you can you touch on that? Can you? Yeah, you know it's funny. I I, I can actually agree with that because because there'll be people out there like you're saying. There'll be people that says, "Dude, that's fucking crazy." When somebody says that to me, "Hey, dude, your idea is fucking nuts." I'm like, "Well, some yeah. some sometimes you know anything that's big and new and never been done before sounds crazy. It's always going to sound crazy. I uh, you know I mean look I I look at what. Apple, what Steve Jobs did while he was still alive. And if you were to take some of that technology back even a decade and say, this is what I'm going to do, they would say, you're crazy. You know, now we're just so used to it, but his original ideas were pretty nutty. Uh, so no, I, I think that you have to, you have to have big lofty goals. And sometimes if you're, if you're too reasonable, all of a sudden your goals become too reasonable. Hmm. And you and I have talked about that before. If your goals seem too achievable, then they're not a big enough stretch. And that's not the goal that's ever going to turn you on and make you passionate and make you push yourself. And it's not going to be motivating enough. You're not going to accomplish nope. it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think we've, we've talked a hell of a lot today. <laughs> we've got, we've gotten through a lot. I'm going to ask you one last thing. Um, I see one last thing before we go, and you say this all the time, and we're going to kind of, we've talked about the business part of it. Let's get back into more of the fitness stuff. When you say don't lift with your ego or don't bring your ego to the gym, right. what do you, what do you kind of mean by that? So what I mean by that specifically is that it becomes a limiting factor and that's a problem with ego, right? So again, we can't separate ourselves from our ego, but we can keep ourselves in check and at least try to eliminate some of the aspects of our ego that limit us. And the way it limits you in the gym is that when you go in there and you feel like you look around and you look at the guys next to you and how much weight they're lifting and you feel like you've got to lift the same amount of weight as they're lifting. 
And so what it does is ends up promoting sloppy form. You don't feel good, concentrated, you know, peak contractions. You're not doing the things that you need to do to actually build a good physique. You're not developing that mind-muscle connection. You're just in there counting reps and slinging heavy weight around. And that's not the way to build a physique. Can you make progress doing it? Yeah, but it's got its limitations. And the best bodybuilders in the world, the people with the best physiques have learned that, that mind-muscle connection is important. I can go in there and I can take a weight that's half as heavy as the guy next to me, and I can make it feel twice as heavy just by really focusing on that contraction, right? I could lower my rep speed and just really squeeze it out, you know, lower my negative or the eccentric phase. But that's, you know, really being dialed in in the gym. So I'm not in there lifting with my ego. So I don't care what the guy next to me is lifting. I don't care at all. You know, and I think that's one of the limiting factors. We've been talking about bands, training with bands. I think that's a limiting factor for a lot of people why they don't want to lift with bands because to them, it doesn't look cool. Yeah. It doesn't, you know, it's not as cool as stacking on a bunch of plates and doing big, crazy, heavy deadlifts, clanking the weights around so everyone looks at you. Look, that's insecurity. I don't care what anyone says. You can go in there. You can do heavy deadlifts. Some of the strongest people I know, they don't go in there and scream and throw crazy weights around. They go in there and they just do their shit. They're quiet. They're methodical. They're not trying to draw attention to themselves. Everything that they do is very purposeful. When you're in there just like making a bunch of noise and commotion, you're just saying, look at me. And mm -hmm. you look like a dick. <laughs> and that's a perfect way to end it. A uh, couple couple responses here from our audience here. Our girl, Alessandra Sardi, one of our demo reps and uh, ambassadors, yeah. said believing in yourself is the start. I think that's kind of, we can all agree with that. Um, let's see what else. Rivstar, he says, so true. Um, he always ends up hurting himself when he does that in the gym, which is kind of lifting with his ego. Look, and it, you know, we're all susceptible to it. It, it took me a long time. I'm not going to pretend it was easy, right? It was just like a switch. I've just flipped it off. You know, fighting with my own ego has been a journey. But hey, I mean, that's our life, right? You know, we that that should be our lifelong journey is to come to terms with that and to try to figure out who we are and the things that we really like, the things that we're passionate about. But yeah, going into the gym, you know, that was tough for me, especially after my car accident. You want to talk about, you know, like creating some humility for me. Imagine being super strong, being big, being strong, and being the guy that everyone knows is being big and strong, right? It's like you're the guy who walks into the gym and everybody knows you. And that was me when I was younger. So then all of a sudden I get in this car accident, I walk back into the gym, and I'm 132 pounds walking in on a walker. You know, it was it was hard for me because you I wasn't couldn't even you had to check that ego at the hospital. You, know, I, you couldn't even bring it anywhere near there. I wasn't that guy anymore. Right. right? right. And, you know, and it eventually progressed to the point where, you know, later on as I healed, I had a cane and it was hard for me to ditch that cane because of my ego, because that cane literally was a crutch, a yeah. crutch. Right. Right. It, it told people, hey, that guy, something happened to him. That's why he's this like skinny little weakling now. So, you know, going back in there, I had to really get a handle on my ego because I was going in there like lifting little like two pound dumbbells again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's a journey, but, you know, we all have our journey and that's what makes it fun. Pick Reed says, live for yourself and no one else. That's it. That's it. Curtis Venata, I try to focus on what I can do and not what anybody else can do. It doesn't matter because, again, that's comparing ourselves to other people, right? And that's the trap. All right. Um, I think, yeah, we've. This was an interesting conversation. We talked for about 45 minutes. Um, just so everybody knows, the new the new episode from this will be hitting n this Friday, 
Mm-hmm. We'll drop this new episode about last week's. Egos. Last week's was late. Last we week's was, was a little bit late. If you go on youtube.com slash James Grade, you can watch the entire episode about New Year's resolutions, why they're kind of cool, why they're kind of bullshit. We talk we just break it down, you know, through through my eyes. I'm just asking a bunch of questions to James. But if you ask us, don't start your revolu- resolution right. Just start it right now. Go ahead. Whatever you want to do, just Go ahead and pop it in. Look, you know, one of the best things that I ever heard uh, was never leave the site of setting a goal without taking some sort of action right now. In other words, do it right now. So if you're already planning right now and saying, hey, I'm going to start 20 days from now, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure. Mm -hmm. So why not just start right now? Take an action. Do something right now today to start moving in that direction. And by the time January 1st rolls around, you already got momentum in your favor. So, and also later on this week, we'll be popping out so three videos this week. We'll be giving you guys the Resistance Bands Workout Biceps, Part 2, the Untitled Bands Show, the Untitled Bands Training Show with James Grage. Um, what day What day do you think that'll pop up? Want to say? I, I don't know. Okay. Well, we'll get it out there to you guys, but all of this good stuff will be on youtube.com slash james grage you can join us every tuesday for more topics like this this is the one thing that we are consistent with at least doing the ig live every tuesday right so you guys no matter what the highlights from this episode will be up hopefully sometime this week maybe next week if we have a lot of content but we're pushing out a lot more content i know james is just a lot happier to be back in the swing of things and we're just churning out we have a lot to talk about so you guys will be joining us you know throughout that journey make sure you check in with james on his instagram as well his instagram stories he's making those a little bit more uh lively now um but we got a lot of cool things coming up so stay tuned and we will see you guys later peace out